And there are, and that's what we're, today we're going to make that point that you, there's so many things and so many times that we try to fix things on our own. And we try to, um, you know, take that step without him, but we can't do it without him. It, and he can do, he's the one, he's the only one that can do some of the things and some of the issues that we have in our lives today. And he can walk us through that fire. He can. He has. And he, he, he walks us through the waters. He parts those waters for us and moves those mountains that we don't think are movable. But he can do all that for us, and he can do that here in this service today. So thank you all for being here. So famous, it's an adjective, okay? It means known about by many people. And there are several scriptures where, where even Jesus is um, referred to as being famous or being made known. And it's not that I'm saying that uh, he has to have, he has to be famous, right? It's not that um, he needs us to make him famous because he's already famous, right? He's already done everything, created this world, created you, created me. And so there's nothing that we can do in ourselves to make him famous other than joining that great commission that he's called us to do and to spread the good news of what he's done for us and to spread that good news and worship him in all situations. Um, so even in Mark 1 and 28, it says that he, and this is right after he got finished casting out demons, and immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region of Galilee. And earlier we saw that some of our own famous women here at One Life or ones that rep are represented here that we love and we honor today we saw some of our own famous women here at One Life, didn't we? We had some beautiful mamas in this house, some godly women that have taught us the way. And thank God my mom's here today. She, thank you for putting up with me, right? Loving me in spite of me sometimes, right? <laughs> That's what mamas do. And, of course, my sister, who is like a little mama to me, she used to help save my soul. She would go out in the yard and hide my lipstick in the yard so I wouldn't sin and go to hell because of lipstick. So thank you, sissy. Thank you for, you see it didn't help. It didn't work. Here I am today. But yes, she's like a little mama to me. And of course, Miss Fran, what would we do without her, right? I know, I know. I pick on her quite a bit, but we do love her. <laughs> we do love her and thank her for all that she has brought into this house and into our lives. And of course, for you know, being the mother to our illustrious pastor, Brian, right? That take, it takes a lot to raise that. Amen? <laughs> so right now we're going to see some other famous women in society, as society sees them as being famous. And we're going to start with our first slide. Guys, you ready back there? Let's see if our first slide of our mothers. Anybody recognize that mother? June Cleaver from what? Leave it to Beaver. How many, how many people watch that? Now, we have some really young people in here, and then we have some middle-aged people, and then we have some really old people, right? But this is Leave it to Beaver, and you can still see it on TV today, right? It's still on reruns. So that is June Cleaver. That is just a representation of what motherhood was like back in the day, right? That is very old school. It represents... A simpler time, uh, a more innocent time in history and in society, how, you know, 
Things were completely different back then, weren't they? All right, let's go to slide two. See if you recognize this person. Shout it out to me. It's the Brady Bunch. What was her name? Carol. Thank you, Carol Brady. Who watched the Brady Bunch? Who still watches the Brady Bunch? Okay, every time, every now and then when you catch it, you might have to, to see it. And that, this was a typical, what, 70s era time mom. And, you know, this represented um, a blended family of two families trying to become one and all the logistics and all the issues that come up with bringing two families together under one household. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? Come on, y'all. Help me out today. So they dealt with the blended family issues and all that goes with that and doing it all with humor and some drama because we all know the episode with what? Marsha, 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 right? There's always that one kid that it's always about them, right? The football. Yeah, so, so there's always issues, right? Okay, our next slide, number three. Oh, oh. Little House on Mall. What would they call her, Mall? Right? Mall Ingalls. Caroline Ingalls. Little House on the Prairie. She represented, like, the stories that uh, they going out west to settle and all the adventures that they go on. And, and they do it with, you know, with um, doing it as a family and becoming um, adventurous in all, in all the the places it takes them. They run into Indians. They run into all kinds of different issues and things that they have to deal with of settling out west. And of course, some of these are fictional characters and then, then we have some, they're, they are here and even her daughter, the real life, Carolyn Carol Engel, oh my gosh, Carolyn Ingalls, she, her daughter became famous for the books that she wrote. So they are true stories that came became famous in their self because of the stories that they told and eventually became a TV show for us to enjoy even today. Okay, slide number four. Hmm? Anybody remember her? Claire Huxtable. Remember the Cosby show back in the 80s? The big hair, the bright clothes, right? This was a typical 80s sitcom in American family. This is a woman who, who uh, was a mom. She had a family. She had a career. Um, she had all these things that she was trying to juggle and balancing out with all grace and the humor that she could find, right? All right. All right. The next one, please. Number five. Ooh. Yeah, I know. A bit controversial, huh? Yeah. I know. It was a cartoon, and no, I did not let my kids watch it. They, they did not watch The Simpsons. Yep, still on today. So this is definitely, this definitely, Marge Simpson shows us that there is definitely a difference between being famous and being infamous, right? Being famous is okay, but when you're being, being known infamously, that means, you know, you've probably showed yourself a time or two, right? So, and this is a perfect example of what kind of mom to not be, right? <laughs> Even though it's just a cartoon, but our kids and everybody is still influenced by this kind of stuff that we see, right? So this is how you do not, this is not the right way to be a mother or a wife, okay? 
Okay, let's go on to number six. Mother Teresa. That was her title. That was who she was known to be. Um, she wasn't even a mother to one child, naturally, but was a mother to many, right? Um, she showed us her life. She lived her life, um, and she made a difference just because she lived a life of service, right? And there's, there's, you know, many people that may not have children of their own, but that does not mean that you cannot be a mother. That doesn't mean that you cannot impact a generation. That doesn't mean that you cannot take part in someone's life and help them become who they were created to be. And this is what Mother Teresa did. She saw the need and made that her call in life. Amen? So let's go on to the next one. It's a more modern version. Anybody know, recognize her? From what show? This is uh, Fran, do you watch This Is Us? Okay. So, yes, this is Beth Pearson. She's from This Is Us. It's a more recent uh, TV drama that we see. It's on now on NBC. So it's a modern version of family, of dealing with being a mother and motherhood and dealing with a family. She has a husband that has um, childhood issues. He has depression. He has uh, walked through um, anxiety attacks and all this. And she's juggling all this plus having a career. So, you know, and to add on top of all that, she has three daughters. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, some of you may already have three daughters, but three girls, that, that would be a tough, tough job right there. So Lord help us all on that one. And our final mother today, probably our most famous one, Mother Mary, right? Amazing, amazing mother of Jesus and probably the most famous of all mothers and the ultimate example of motherhood, right? We can learn a lot from her and her experience. So looking back at all these famous women, that is what I want us to focus on today, is that there are many different kinds of mothers. They're dealing with many, many different kinds of issues and dealing with it in many different ways. Amen? So give them some slack sometimes, right? So each one, they're dealing with so many different things, and each mother, each daughter, each sister, each friend represented here today, um, we're famous for something. You're known for something. You're known by someone, and what you do makes an impact on their lives. Amen? So my desire is that here, when we leave here today, that, that I can be the best me, that we can leave here you being the best you, and that we can be the best us to impact our community, not just our family, but our community and those around us, even at work or at school, that we become who we were created to be so that we can walk in and do what each one of us was created to do and to make us famous, not infamous like Marge Simpson, right? To be, make us famous and not to be like getting accolades and all that, but to make him famous in who we walk in and who we represent. So in this Mother's Day service um, of 2021, after a very challenging 2020, um, with all of its ups and downs and confusion and chaos and the joys and the sorrows that it all brought, I want us to take a breath today and just look at the life of Mary, the mother of all mothers, and to look at what it might have been behind the scenes of being Mary, the mother of the Messiah. Could you imagine how hard that must have been? what responsibility lie on her shoulders, um, the load she carried, yet 
the joy that it brought, right? We've all been there. And the process by which she had to walk through and of knowing to be his mom and when to be his disciple, when to be just a follower, when to just be a believer, or when to be his mom. And we, we find ourselves in those situations today. Um, trying to raise Jesus to be who he was created to be and to walk in the call that was on his life and to become known and to become famous and what all that may have cost her or what all that may have um, had her to um, go through. So we're going to pick up the role of Mary as mother of Jesus and we're going to look at John chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 and it's out of the amplified version today. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine was all gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Then Jesus said to her, dear woman, what is it that, what is that to you and to me? My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, you do it. So here they're all invited to this wedding. They're all there, you know, having a good time. They run out of something to drink. They run out of wine. They run out of what we would probably, you know, have sweet tea today, right? We would have Mountain Dew or, you know, whatever our favorite beverage is. And we see Mary, the mother, is behind the scenes doing what any mother probably can do best, right? She's trying to fix the problem, right? We as moms, we try to, if, you know, we see our kids in trouble or we see something going on, an issue, we want to be the ones to fix it, right? So that's what Mary's doing at this moment in time. But we can also see Mary as the believer having faith that Jesus is the one who can fix the problem because she's known, she's seen his faithfulness, just like we, just like we sang. She has seen his faithfulness time and time again already, and she knows that he can and that he will fix the problem. So here she is supporting the call on her son's life. She probably believes in him. She knows him best. And she believes in him. She has faith in him. And she knows what has been spoken over his life and how he studies and how he prays. So she knows him better than anyone else. So she knows what he's capable of. And therefore, she's encouraging him to do what only he can do. She knows that there is greatness in him that needs to come out. And for him to walk in that call, it has to come out, right? We have to bring it out of him. And yet in John chapter 2, verse 4, we see that Jesus, the son of Mary, like many of our kids, when she tells him, you know, we've run out of something to drink, we've run out of wine. And like many of our kids, what do they do? Why are you telling me that? Right? You see Jesus just looking at Mary, saying, what do you want me to do about it? right? What, what can I do? My time hasn't come. It's just not my turn yet, right? They're always like, that's not mine. I didn't leave that glass, right? That's not my dirty clothes laying in the floor. That's not my towel laying on, a wet towel laying on the bed, right? So he's like, what's it, you know, what's it to me? But as any good mother does, she doesn't even pay attention to what he's saying, right? As any good mother does, she just keeps on doing what she wants to do, right? She keeps on, and she's like, she doesn't stop. So she just looks at the disciples and like, you know, if he does decide to do something, you just follow his lead. You just do what he tells you. Everything will be okay, right? So that's what she does. She just kind of behind the scenes doing what us mamas do best. And just in case he decides to ask, I mean, 
act on this situation, just, just, just go with it, just go with the flow. So here at the wedding, we see Mary behind the scenes doing her thing, preparing Jesus for what was ahead, preparing him for the call on his life. And around the same time in these chapters and these stories, we see that John the Baptist is on the scene about this same time. And while Mary is preparing Jesus, we see that John the Baptist, he's there around the same time, but he's preparing the way for Jesus, right? And both of them having the same goals, they have the same directives of supporting the call of the Messiah and encouraging others to know and to expect and to, to realize that who Jesus is and that he's on his way, that he is coming, that he is going to be made known, that he is going to become famous and spreading the good news as each and every one of us need to do. So to set up the story, we're going to go to John chapter 1, 6 through 12. In verse 6 reads, There came a man commissioned and sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to testify about the light so that all that might believe through him. John was not the light but came to testify about the light. There it was, the true light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. He, Christ, who was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to which... He came to that which was his own, and those that were his own did not receive him or welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave them the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So here we see in verse 10 that John is explaining to the people that Christ, that he's already in this world. He's already among us. You just might not have seen him. You might not have met him yet. You might not have experienced him yet, but that he is on his way, that he is in this world and he's coming. Um, and that the world made the world was made through him, but what does it say? It says that they didn't recognize him. Even some of his own people didn't recognize him, right? Some of his own people didn't acknowledge who he was at this point. And we've all been there. We've all been to the point where we've had somebody to tell us, oh, you can't do that. You don't have the ability to do that. You don't have the skills to do that. Or we've had someone to deny us. You know, they denied knowing us or they denied, uh, denied us any help that we could receive from them. Or they've rejected us. We all hate that rejection, don't we? We hate to be rejected. And they just simply didn't believe in you. They just simply didn't believe on, in who you were and what you were capable of. And they couldn't see the potential. They couldn't see the potential in you. And some of you may have even laughed when they told you that you were going to serve the Lord or that you were a Christian or that you were going to church or, you know, that you were going to get up and open service that day or you were going to be a greeter. They probably just maybe even just like, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll give it a week and see what happens, right? So we've all been there. We've all had those that have doubted us. But that would not and could not stop Jesus from being made known. Just like nothing can stop you, nothing can stop me, except ourselves. We're the ones that can hinder ourselves from being who we were created to be. And it didn't stop Jesus because in verse 12, he still, he's like, even if you don't believe, you know, you, there is still a promise out there. There is going to be someone that will believe in me. There is someone that is going to trust me and be called my child. There is going to be someone who will receive me and believe in me and that will make me known, that will 
help make me known into this world. So later on in John, it says that he's still making the way for Jesus. He's still preparing the way. And he explains that the law was given through Moses. So the law was given through Moses, but grace, the undeserved favor of God, would be coming through Christ. And that was some good news coming, wasn't it? Because who wants to be bound by the law, right? We want and need that undeserved grace that only comes through Christ. And this is something we all have to look forward to. The promise of grace and the ability to walk in that grace and not have to be bound by the law anymore. And around this time, we also pick up on the story, back on the story of Mary and Jesus back in chapter 2, and where she says, you know, whatever he says, you do it. And even though Jesus is her, her son, Mary makes Jesus aware that there's a problem arising, like we said, behind the scenes of the wedding. And I'm one of those people, I like to know what's going on behind the scenes. Are you all nosy like that, or is it just me? I like to, like, if I'm at a concert, I like to see what's going on behind the scenes. Or if we're at another church, I like to see how they do something in case there's something that we can do better. Or, you know, just, you know, just see how they do things and look behind the scenes. So I was like that. I'm like that, too. Even when we go to Winterfest with the teenagers, I'm always watching behind the scenes, behind the curtain. Because I want to see if those people that's going to get up there and lead us in worship, if they're worshiping themselves when the spotlight isn't on them, when they're not being famous, right? I mean, when they are being famous, we want to make sure that they're worshiping when nobody else is watching. So I'm a kind of behind-the-scenes kind of person. I like to watch these things, and, and Mary was like that. She was behind the scenes making things happen, seeing what was going on. And not many people knew that the wine was running out. Not many people knew that they were running out of something to drink and, and the festivities could go on, because if it didn't, in that time, it was, um, it was a dishonor. It was very embarrassing for them to run out of anything, food, drink, anything. It would be embarrassing for the groom and his family. So in that time, it was just, you know, Mary was just trying to help and fix things as a mama does. But she does know and she doesn't believe in Jesus enough that if he does decide to help, that she tells us just follow his lead. Just keep on doing it. Just follow him. Don't ask questions. Just keep on and we have to have that same trust in him sometimes because we see him at work a lot of times and he's been faithful to us in the past, but there's also been times that we didn't see him working. He was behind the scenes working. We didn't think he was. We didn't see the evidence of it, but he was there. He was behind the scenes working for us on our behalf. And so we, knew, we know that he can and that he will take care of and resolve the problem just like at this wedding. And she was content. Mary was just content in knowing that she could trust in God, that she could trust in her son. And even when she didn't understand it or know all the details, she, was, she understood and trusted him, right? And as a mom, this could be difficult, isn't it? Because like I said, we like to fix things. We're, some of us are very detail-oriented. Detail -oriented. Uh, we like to run on a schedule. Not, not me so much. Maybe some of you all uh, like to run on a schedule. But... Um, you know, we're so used to being the one that our kids come to or people come to, our family comes to, to fix these situations, right? We're the ones that are there to fix the hurts. We're there the ones that are, um, you know, making sure that everything, every base is covered, everything is covered, and that things are going to go smoothly. So that can be hard sometimes. We want to fix things. 
But here Mary is turning to her son. She's trusting in him. She's trusting in his call and trusting in the promise. And just like we can do here today, he can, just like we sang, he can walk us through those fires, right? He can move those mountains. He can, he can do what he says he will do. If he says it, he will do it. Amen? I mean, it's just a simple thing, and it's turned into a cliche, but if he said it, you can believe it, right? He can do it, and we have to have that faith in him that he can and he will. So we know the rest of the story about this wedding. Um, Jesus does his first miracle. We know that he goes on and he turns the water into wine, saves the day, right? Saving face for the groom's family. And in this moment of time, it was symbolic of his transformation, transformation from being human to divine sacrifice. In that moment with him just doing that first miracle, it was turning, it was taking his life, taking this process that he was going through into a, the direction that was meant for him to go in. And as a mom, Mary was there to witness it all. Could you imagine being Mary and witnessing your son coming into being the person that he was created to be and that he was the savior of the world and you're his mother, you know? I mean, we think our kids are special, right? <laughs> I mean, they're amazing right they're wonderful we think ours are the prettiest babies ever born and they you know have the cutest little toes until they get to be a teenager and they stink uh, we think they have the cutest little nose until it runs non-stop when they're babies and you think are they ever going to be well again um, so yeah we as moms we try to fix these things and I always prayed as a mother because it took me a while to become a mother uh, once I finally did get, and I always prayed that I would be the, the mother that, that they needed, that I would be the mother that I was created to be. That would be the mother that Jordan needed. Not Sammy down the road, but the mother that Jordan needed. And then later on, that I would become the mother, that I would be the mother that Destiny would need to nurture her and to guide her through her life, right? That I would be the mother that they needed not for any other child and yes I would nurture help you know we love we love our children and even be a spiritual mother to many through the years and to be one that has encouraged others but to be the best mother that they needed right and that's a constant thing that's a constant not struggle but that's a constant thing that you have to constantly pray because in different situations calls for different things. And how many know that not two children are the same? Right? What worked for one kid probably might probably will not work for the other. And that's okay. Right? That's okay. But I wanted to be the mother that I was created to be so that they could be who they were created to be and help them to accomplish what they were created to do. So I'm sure that looking back behind the scenes that in that moment when Mary witnessed his first miracle, that she must have had that proud mom moment. How many's had those proud mom moments in this place? We've had, a, we've had them and love every moment. She was there when he was promised to her and she was there watching him grow as a young child and now she's there to witness this momentous occasion of his first miracle. But I wonder if that proud moment might not have turned into um, maybe bringing her some mixed emotions, right? Her feeling anxious 
being proud of what he just accomplished, but also being anxious as to what was prophesied over his life, as what was to come by him doing this miracle. And by him becoming known and by him becoming famous for this miracle, what that was going to bring to his life, but to her life and their family as a whole. You know, what was that going to happen? How was that going to change their life? And I know these mixed emotions well. You know, these last few years, we've all gone through it, watching your babies grow up. We see them in these pictures that we saw of the famous moms of one life that, you know, they're babies and they're so cute and they got the chubby cheeks and then they, you know, start growing up and they go to school, that first day of school moment, right? We taking pictures, you know, we're holding up the whole line going into school because we got to get one more picture, right? There's one more picture of our kid going into that first day of school. And then you're watching them, t- they take their first steps and or Jordan tackling someone on the football field or Destiny hitting her first home run. Those are proud mom moments, right? Destiny will be graduating. She'll be going to college and here Jordan and Michaela got married. You know, there's a lot of things that we look forward to in their lives and that's all the natural part of their lives. But these are things that come with mixed emotions as a mother. And so like Mary, we all find ourselves in some these situations at some point. You might just now be starting like our little Haley and James with baby revival, right? Some of us, you know, our kids are, it's their first day of preschool or it could be the first day of middle school, high school, whatever it is. And like with Destiny going to college, you know, these are things that it's natural processes that we all go through. Um, And this was his first miracle. We see that he performed it and we know that he went on to do many more miracles after that. Because in Mark, we know that he cleansed the leper and it said that the leper went out proclaiming, right? He began to publish which publish in the original Greek to become a herald, to become a preacher, to proclaim. So this leper, he went out, he started making Jesus famous for what he did for him. And that's what we simply are going to do here today. It all started with Mary, the mother of Jesus, being open, being obedient. Then we saw John the Baptist, he's advertising Jesus' coming, the coming of the Messiah and to Jesus performing his first miracle and many more miracles to come to the miracle of the cross. You know, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated the miracle of the cross at Easter, right? Just a few weeks ago. And all the way to the miracle of us being here today on Mother's Day 2021. And you know what? We're still here. We're still in need of a savior. We're still in need of a friend. We're still in need of a healer. And we're still in need of a miracle whether it's a spiritual miracle, physical miracle, financial miracle, we are still in need of a Savior. We are still in need of our Father today. Amen? So in just a moment, like I said, we'll be celebrating um, the dedication of James and Haley's little new miracle themselves, our little revival. And just as Mary did, we're just following the example of Mary. We're following the example of Hannah in doing that. But today being Mother's Day, we honor the sacrifice that Mary, as a mother of Jesus, made for her son. Not only for her son, but she made for us on that, those days of being the mother of Jesus. And she was there to witness it all. And before his fame, before even this first miracle happened, like any mom, she, Jesus was just simply her son, right? She was, he was still just the son. 
to her. And she had to be a mom to the Messiah. And that, that is mind-boggling. Jesus was her firstborn, and like any other kid, he might not have always listened either. Because didn't it say he like ran off? Like he got lost? He didn't listen, did he? He was a kid too. He got lost. She had to go back. Um, you know, there were times she probably felt like a failure herself that, you know, that, well, I wasn't watching him close enough. Just like any of us, if we lose our kids in the store, we think, oh God, you know, it's my fault if I never see him again. You know, we automatically go there. And like any other 12-year-old, it says, you know, he may have been a strong-willed child, you know. Dr. James Dobson wrote books about that strong-willed child because he said he was determined and uh, he had a strong desire to be in his fa at his father's business. So he had a strong desire to do what he was called to do. And so that might not have always come in line with what Mary may have had planned for the day, right? The chores that she had planned for him, he wanted to be about his father's business. He wanted to be at the temple. He wanted to be learning. So, you know, Mary, like any other mother, and Jesus was probably like any, any child, too, at times. But she was mom to the Messiah, first and foremost. And even upon one time returning back to Nazareth, returning back to their hometown, uh, people were astonished when they heard him speak, when they heard him preach and talk. That, and he had such wisdom and such authority that they asked, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? Then they asked, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? You notice they didn't just say the carpenter's son. They're saying, isn't this the son of Mary? I mean, that, that shows you that Mary was known herself, that she was in some ways famous herself, and that she had brought up this child to know the ways of the Lord and become who he was and to to teach him the ways that he could be able to teach with that would astound people. So she was known herself. And of course we know that Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother, right? He she even called her Mary blessed among women. And Jesus' love for his mother made sure that he would take care of her, that she would be taken care of when it came to the cross, right? He loved her so much and respected her so much that he wanted to make sure that she was well taken care of after he was gone. In John um, 19, 26 and 27, here Jesus is at the cross. He's dying, right? He's got a little, few things going on. He's, you know, doing what he's called to do at this point. And John looked at, I mean, Jesus looked at John and commanded him to take care of Mary after Jesus' death. He told John, here is your mother, and he told Mary, here is your son, okay? Now, Jesus had other brothers. He had other family, but at this time, his historians say that maybe his family had not come to know him as Savior at this point, that he would rather leave Mary in the hands of his Christian brother, his, his um, believing family, the family of believers, than to leave his mother with somebody who didn't believe. That's how much he loved her. And so he loved her so much that he would just make that known before he took his last breath that his mother was taken care of. So Mary was loved by her son. And we see that many countless others respected her for who she was. 
And she did, she demonstrated something that, you know, we all want to strive to, and that is having the power of pure faith. Her faith in him was so pure. And she was a believer. You think she believed in him? I mean, it wasn't just a case of believing in your son, but she believed in who he was and his call. She was a woman of worship, right? Mary was many things, but most importantly, she was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she was that mother to him that he needed. And yes, Jesus, we know, went on to become famous. He became known for many things by many people through many generations to where we are here today. And we know him today. And if you don't, you can. You can be a part of this family. You can be a part of knowing Jesus and who he is so that he can do what in you what he has called you to do. So you will have the power to do what he's called you to do. And you can become his child and help him be made known too. Because I saw a quote that says, um, making him famous because someone somewhere is depending on you to be who you were created to be, to do what you were called to do. Because they're watching you. You know, you have people watching you, whether you as a mother, your children are watching you, your family's watching you, your friends, your coworkers, people you go to school with, they're watching you. And they're going to see if you walk this life that you claim to. So as the worship team comes, we're going to sing famous. They're going to sing famous again. I want us to worship. So what better time than today on Mother's Day, right? What better time than on Mother's Day 2021 that you can walk the life like Mary or you can accept the call that Jesus had and you can trust in him to do what only he can do in our lives because there are many situations that represented here today that we know that only he can fix. He's the only one that can step in and save the day. He's the only one that can turn our water into wine. He's the only one that can move these mountains. He is the only one that can do for us what we need done today. So all you have to do today is believe. It's just simply like we sing, I believe. You believe, I believe. You have to believe in your heart and know that he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can and will do for us. So let's do that. Let's, let's make him famous today. You want to stand with us? Let's make him famous. Not just because he needs us to make him famous, but because we want to make him famous. We want him to be made known in this world. To know what he is famous for and to share that with others.
Right. Didn't our first lady do a wonderful job right there? Challenging us. Amen. All right, you may be seated. And uh, we're going to bring revival. You're going to have to take that bottle out of its mouth. I can't dedicate it. Eaten. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> it's going to scream. All right. Well, uh, look, I left my stuff down there. James, could you get me that iPad, please? All right. I'll read you a few scriptures here. All right. Can you see the baby? That's Miss Revival Caroline Winslet. Baby dedication started. It's a Jewish woman named Hannah was unable to conceive and she began to pray this prayer in 1 Samuel 1. And she said, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. And so we even see that Mary dedicated Jesus in Luke chapter 2 in verse 22. It says, they brought Jesus to, to be presented to the Lord. And then in verse 40, it said, And the child grew and became stronger in spirit, filled with wisdom and grace, and God of God was upon him. And so baby dedication is this wonderful moment uh, which the parents come publicly and make this statement of faith to raise their child uh, to know the goodness and the grace of God and his wisdom. And dedicating uh, revival today shows that you recognize uh, her to be a gift from God and that you're going to commit yourselves today to raising her in the fear of the Lord and to um, let her know that um, she's here for a purpose. And that purpose is to fulfill uh, God's purpose in her life and through her life. Amen. Uh, revival is an interesting name because I believe that uh, as we started out this year, I feel like in ways that the Lord spoke to me about this reformation, reformation. And I believe that not only in this season, but in her generation, God tarries that it is our um, privilege to reintroduce Jesus to the world. He's been introduced in some negative ways and introduced in some things, but we're reintroducing people to Jesus, and Revival will get an opportunity to do that. I've got a few questions for you today, Haley and James. As parents, uh, as you de are dedicating today Revival, do you 
present Revival Caroline Winslet to be dedicated uh, to the purpose of God. Realizing that no one is perfect, will you do your best uh, for Revival to uh, live a life of obedience and purpose?